This is the third round of the uh, Alabama High School Athletic Association football playoffs. History will be made tomorrow night when some teams tee it up. The Hanley Tigers travel to Jackson to take on the Aggies. It's the Cats and the Dogs on the West Bank of the Tallapoosa in Wadley tomorrow night. We're going to dedicate the show to these two games here tonight. We're going to talk about these matchups and dive deep into them. <clears throat> Excuse me. Tonight we are powered by the Knowles Group, as we are each and every week. Brought to you by Southern Union State Community College, Meadows Farm Equipment, Main Street Animal Hospital, ML Aubrey's, WM Grocery, Raybuck's Farm Supply, and of course right here where we are tonight uh, at Farm Boys Sports Grill. Uh, we have a an hour show, maybe. It may be a little bit longer, but a lot of content that we're going to try to provide everybody at home and uh, when we get these guys together we can't we can't get off the air that's uh, if anybody ever says we're not talkers guess what we are <laughs> but uh, we're gonna we're gonna have fun tonight Taylor Jones Kyle Richardson gonna join us uh, tonight of course the crew here to table Chris May and Tim Altor uh, and myself we're gonna hear from some coaches tonight as well we have some clips from them so we got a big show uh, right now uh, when we come back we're gonna Sit down, and we're going to discuss the 4A side of the bracket. Four teams in the south, four teams in the north, but we're going to concentrate primarily on the Hanley-Jackson matchup. So everybody stay with us. We're going to step aside, and uh, we'll come back and uh, kick things off here on the Thursday Night Football Roundup, live from Farm Boys Sports Grill. Planning for your retirement, funding your children's education, or building a legacy to lead your family does not have to be scary or complicated. The Knowles Group has over 20 years of experience helping families in Randolph County achieve their financial goals, and we would love to help you achieve yours. We have the experience and expertise necessary to help you navigate the world of financial planning for any stage of life. To ask any questions or to set an appointment, reach out to Danny Knowles in Birmingham at 205-602-5065 today. Located at 3800 Colonnade Parkway, Suite 540, Birmingham, Alabama, 35243. Securities offered through Sage Point Financial, Incorporated, SPL. Member FINRA, SIPC. SPL is separately owned and operated, and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services here are independent of SPL. With the right shoes, you can do anything. Which shoes fit your life? Maybe you want to step into a pair of nurse's shoes or take control of that meeting in your red high heels or do hiking boots and tennis shoes fit your style better. No matter which shoes you choose, Southern Union State Community College is ready to help you step into your potential. Choose a career in the fields of academics, health sciences, or technical education. Visit suscc.edu to enroll. You can't spell success without SU. Farm Boys, now open at their new location in the old Happy Trails Restaurant, 32498 Highway 431. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, and that delicious seafood buffet. The breakfast buffet is served Saturday and Sunday until 11 a.m. Seafood buffet Saturdays from 4 p.m. until closed. Farm Boys, serving breakfast, smoked meats, barbecue, steak, and seafood. Now at our new location in the old Happy Trails Restaurant in Welch. I'm Dr. Don, and I approve this restaurant.
And for you guys uh, listening uh, only to uh, the audio, uh, right now we're playing a few highlights along the way from uh, Wadley Woodland and uh, the Hanley matchup. And uh, we encourage you to go over. Uh, this show tonight is free. You can go over to uh, our website, iSchoolSportsNetwork.com, click on the, uh, the video portion or click on the logo of iSchool Sports, and uh, you can watch those, uh, those clips. Uh, not very long, but uh, we, we've got about three each from each of the playoff teams. Folks, said welcome back into Farm Boy Sports Grill live here uh, this evening, and we're good to go now. Uh, Matt, to uh, keep us uh, in, in check over there, Matt. We, we're liable to do something we're not supposed to do. But anyway, Chris May and uh, Tim Altork sitting here with, at the table with us tonight. And Chris, we're really going to start with you first of all. Uh, let's look back at last week's game against uh, uh, Bibb County and kind of give everybody how that game played out. Well, it was it was a tremendous matchup, Adam. Uh, of course, uh, you know Bibb County came in uh, with their game plan to try to control the clock, control the ball game by controlling the line of scrimmage, and Hanley kind of flipped that script on them and, and did 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 that for uh, or against Bibb County. Uh, Hanley had three scoring drives on the night: two in the first half, one in the second. Defense got involved with the scoring, with a scoop and score by Quade Lewis. Um, defense played really well. Uh, they forced. Um, uh, three turnovers, the fumble, as I mentioned, two interceptions, and then forced three turnover on downs late in the second half to seal the deal uh, for the Tigers. I guess the only miscue we probably had on the night, uh, a couple of special teams miscues uh, on, on kickoffs, and I'm sure that was been a, a point of emphasis this week at practice with Coach Strain and his staff. But uh, just kind of uh, flipped the script just a little bit uh, on, on, on Bibb County. They were a big football team, uh, had a couple of – uh, big backs, and, and their game plan was to control both sides of the ball, the line of scrimmage, and Hanley kind of took it to them. Uh, it was kind of uh, – uh, Hanley played really well the first two quarters, had a little lull coming out of the locker room in the second half. Uh, and then, of course, everybody knows the injury to Aiden O'Neill. And uh, happy to report, from what I understand, he's going to be fine. Don't know if he'll be playing Friday night. Probably not likely. But uh, Hanley kind of refocused, reset after that and really took the game over, uh, controlling the line of scrimmage, shutting uh, the Bibb County offense down. Uh, you know, give Bibb County credit. They were a, good, a really good football team. Hanley showed up uh, to play ball, like I said, other than the, the special team miscue, which I'm sure that will be corrected, and, and the little lull coming out of the, the locker room. And that's, you know, we've seen that from the Tigers over the course of the season. They just have a tough time coming out of the locker room, getting getting the, the wheels started back, uh, going in the right direction. But uh, – uh, they refocused, and the last quarter and a half really took the ball game in hand and controlled it. 
And they came out of the locker room in the opening with, with some fire and some passion. You could, you could tell that they were there a little bit different than they have throughout the course of the regular season. And Coach Strain, you know, he, he talked about it. He said at, at points and times throughout the season he felt like we're just getting there. We yeah. just want to get to the playoffs, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, and maybe that's some of it. But now you move into the third round and the teams get better. Exactly. You better, you better come out and play. Play yeah. two halves. Tim, you were there Friday night. What what was your synopsis of of the game? Well, well, you mentioned how Hanley came out sort of with some emotion, and I don't know if you guys saw it from upstairs, uh, but two of the players that ran out, you know, when they run through the through the uh, the little sheet there on the on the tiger run at the beginning of the game, they uh, they had uh, Nate Pike's jersey with them. You know, leading the way out of the out of the gate there. So I feel like maybe that had something to do with it. You know, a teammate of theirs, a senior teammate of theirs that hasn't been with them all season, they're thinking about that guy, and maybe that gave them a little bit of focus early on. And like you said, Chris, I mean, they I think the score was twenty two to seven, Hanley at halftime. It was, and I felt like they had a lot of momentum going into the into the into the locker room. And I I want to say that they were a little bit comfortable coming out of the locker room. I think they felt a little overconfident, a little too comfortable with where they were in that game after the way they played in the first half. And after that, like you said, the injury uh, to O'Neal, the injury scare, as we've learned since then, that he's doing doing much, much better and could be back on the field as soon as next week if still if Hanley's still in it. Um, but that turned out to be a blessing in disguise a little bit in terms of the momentum of the football game, helped Hanley to get refocused. And after that, they were really on it. And really, and really closed the door on Bibb County in that game. And, and that was a crucial point of the game because Bibb County actually got the football back. They got it in plus territory. And Hanley made a big defensive stand. Well, actually, I think they scored. And then it they was cut just it to a, a touchdown. Yeah. yeah, one touchdown, one and, possession game. And the defense really stepped up. I believe it was on fourth and six and shut them down on, on Hanley's end of the field. Uh, and then later on, uh, again, forced a turnover on downs. Three straight turnover on downs to finish the ball game. And two of those plays, I, I don't know if you all recognize, but Big D was, yeah. was the man that made the play. There was a tip pass on a screen pass yep. where he knocked it down on fourth down, a huge play in that, at that point in the game. And then a good fourth and short where they only had a yard to go. He came through and got them for a tackle for loss and, and really kind of ended – Bibb County's hopes on that second fourth down stop. So he came up with two very big plays in that ball game. Yeah, and the Hanley front seven have, have played really well all season long. And you know, uh, of course, coming in the strength of that defense coming into the season was the secondary. That's where we had the most experience, right. the most athleticism. Uh, but the front seven has really closed the gap as far as uh, the experience factor and how they've played, especially over the last four or five ball games, uh, shutting teams down, controlling that line of scrimmage. Uh, in particular, our two uh, middle linebackers, Amajo Williams, Aiden O'Neill. You know, that was a big question mark coming into the season. And as the pr- season progressed, they've gotten better and better, especially in the run game. Of course, we've talked about him for the last several weeks. Jordan West, he had a big play in interception last week, played really well against the run. So the defense has really come into its own uh, at the right time of the season. And it doesn't hurt, help. It doesn't hurt to have Tay Meadows on the field on the defensive side of the ball either. Not, he's he's yeah, made an impact exactly. on that side. And you know, I would. You know, he's played uh, snaps in the first round, more snaps last week, and I would anticipate even more probably tomorrow night. Uh, just showing the trend, and as you get deeper in the playoffs, it's you know, you you pull all the stops out, you put your best eleven players on the field to win the ball game. I think Absolutely. we've heard that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, all the good ones do it. I mean, you yeah. can see it. You can look across any 
any coach that's still around probably is employing that same strategy. You know, they, they have their way of managing a game in the regular season and a way of managing it in the postseason, and sometimes it's, it's not quite that's the same. That's right. All right, guys, going to look ahead to tomorrow night, and I'm going to be the wizard, and I'm going to throw some numbers out at you. Hanley's in their 30th playoff appearance in this playoff series. Tigers are 50-27 and 27 overall in the playoffs. They're 7-4 and four in round three. They are 5-3 and three on the road in the quarterfinals. Hanley owes, owns three blue maps, 2011, 2016, and 2020, and 17 region championships. Jackson, the number two seed out of region one, two losses on the season. To Viger, which is the number one seed from region one, and St. Michael's. Correct. Was, was right. the other one a 20, I believe it's 24 21 loss uh, as well. Jackson is 42 and 31 overall in the playoffs with 33 appearances. They are 6 and 4 in the third round and they are 3 and 3 at home in the third round. They've only met once. And the folks from Roanoke remember that night, uh, that Friday night in the uh, semifinals back in 2009. Jackson got the best of the Tigers, 31 to 14 in the semifinals. I remember that very well. Somebody during that time frame decided that it was the best time of the year to move the Iron Bowl to be played on a Friday afternoon amidst all of the high school games going on throughout the state, and it was of course, Black Friday when people go shopping. Right. And we sat in the parking lot and several people had brought TVs and tailgated and watched the Iron Bowl. And incidentally for you Auburn fans, Alabama came back and won that one. McElroy threw a swing pass and Alabama won 26-21, I believe, was was the final score trailing most of the game. I got to throw that in there. But but anyway, that that's all ir irrelevant. All right, first question. Can the loss from 2009 be used as a motivation factor to this group? More so probably to the fans than the team. But what are your thoughts, Chris? Well, I think so. You hit the nail on the head. Most of the kids that are on the squad, you know, what, how old were they? You know, uh, what, 12 years ago, 11 years ago? Uh, you're probably uh, not much of a motivation factor, I wouldn't think, from a team standpoint. But a rallying cry for the Hanley uh, HT Nation uh, to get them riled up, get them on the road. Uh, I remembered I was there that night, made the, the, the trek to Jackson, Alabama, my only time going there. Uh, I got a bad taste in my mouth about it, you know, 11 years later. And uh, so I think more so from a, from a fan standpoint, I think you're going to see uh, our fan base get in the car Friday or tomorrow and uh, make that trek, that four-and-a-half-hour trek, uh, to watch the Hanley Tigers play and uh, hope and expect uh, a different outcome this this trip. What about you, Tim? Well, I don't know about that game because I wasn't around. I didn't see it. I wasn't <laughs> any part of that. I have no memories of it personally. Uh, but I do know that you and I took a trip to Jackson uh, about six months ago yes. for a baseball series, and Hanley had a very good result in that. So uh, uh, maybe that's the, the, the trend that they could build on it. Some of those players uh, were classmates, and maybe even a couple of those guys are on this team tonight. I can't remember. There, there might be some left over from that baseball team that, that won in the second round for the first time ever in the Hanley baseball program. So a good precedent there uh, and a little bit more recent. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Chris, you've had a chance to do your homework. 
you've done some scouting of, of Jackson. Uh, what kind of problems will they present handling when Jackson has the football? Well, you know, they're they're a talented offensive team. It all starts with a quarterback, Walter Taylor. He's 6'5", 220 pounds. Uh, a left-handed quarterback, that's something that the, the Tigers hadn't seen. I really don't know what kind of wrinkle that will throw our defense, but that's going to be a different look for him. Uh, he's a big kid, not really a threat to run the ball, uh, but he has the arm strength to push the ball down the field. If you watch tape on him, and, you know, Lon Hurst, if he was here, he'd get me about watching tape. It's film <laughs> nowadays, not tape, but film. Um, you know, no VCRs. It's, yeah, it's yeah, like right. uh, his throw downfield is effortless. You know, it's just over the top. He's so tall, uh, got a good range of motion. He can push the ball down the field. He's got a lot of targets to go to uh, down the field as well. Uh, but his short passing game, is, we talked about it before going on. It's kind of a sidearm look. Uh, I think we may have the advantage there along our defense front, maybe to bat some of those balls down just because of the way he delivers uh, the, the ball on the short game. I think key uh, that what we're going to have to do uh, as far as the handling defense to disrupt uh, Taylor is get pressure on him. What tape or that I watched or film that I watched, he was able to sit back there and kind of pick defenses apart. I think if we rattle him, get him on the move, he's not as comfortable uh, throwing the ball on the move, what I saw now. You know, they've got some talented uh, running backs. The number five, uh, Bobo Caves, uh, uh, is going to be their primary back. Uh, I told y'all before going on here, it kind of reminds me a little bit uh, of Devontae Houston as a, a 10th grader, 11th grader. He's that, that build, uh, that kind of speed and quickness. Not going to, you know, pound it between the tackles. Now, Devontae did his senior year. Right. He's a different yes. type running back, but I'm talking Devontae from his 9th, 10th, 11th grade year. Uh, more of a, a cutback, uh, hits a hole hard, runs a ball hard. Uh, look for uh, Taylor to look for 21 uh, Campbell, Taylor Campbell down the field. He's a tremendous athlete, uh, got a lot of speed. Uh, look for him to try to hit uh, their running backs out of the backfield on the wheel route. They need to be looking for that. Uh, so, And their offensive line, not as big as Bibb Cannon, but they're going to average about 250 pounds a man across the front. Uh, and, and they're able to open some holes at times, maybe not as – sound technique-wise as a Bibb County was, uh, and hopefully we can exploit that some uh, from a, a defensive standpoint along our defensive line and defensive front seven. Uh, but, you know, they're a good football team. Uh, and not able to find many stats. I found five games worth of stats, uh, and some of it kind of incomplete, but they were a pass-heavy team during that time, and Taylor was about 62% completion rate. Almost a thousand yards and thirteen TDs in those five ball games, so he he can be efficient. So I think the key there is to keep him rattled, keep him on the move, uh, and uh, force him to throw, not let him feel comfortable. And the good news is Hanley has some good history with quarterbacks like that that are used to having a clean pocket, used to being able to make throws down the field. I, just off the top of my mind, I mean, you go back even just the last year's state championship game against Gordo. Uh, you go back even a little further, 2016, Andalusia had a quarterback that they were really, really high on that had a great season, and Hanley was in his kitchen all night uh, and really affected him, and, and that was a big part of that ball game. Same thing in the state championship game that year. Madison Academy had a good quarterback, and Hanley affected him as well. So, And, and this year, too, Jackson. Jacksonville. With Jacksonville, yes, that's right. Ogle. With, Ogle. Yeah, with, with their quarterback. These passing quarterbacks that are used to standing back there, they're not used to facing a big physical defense like Hanley brings to the table. So hopefully Hanley can continue that pattern. Like you said, bring pressure on him, rattle him a little bit, and get him out of a rhythm early. Exactly. All right, Chris, looking at their defense, what really stands out to you 
from the Jackson defensive standpoint? Well, they're going to operate out of a 4-3 scheme. Uh, most of the film I watched, that's what they operate out of. Sometimes they'll go to a three-man front. Most of the time it's four down linemen. Um, and uh, uh, got three solid linebackers, in my opinion. They may not be the best tackling linebackers that we have, but they're very – that we face, but they're very athletic. And the back end of their defense is, is filled with athletes. I think they've got, as far as a matchup, athlete-wise and speed, it's going to be about equal uh, with both both squads. Uh, from a defensive standpoint, what I noticed along their defensive front, they're not really an attack uh, defensive line. They don't have a gap assignment attack that gap. They're more of a read. I think we, from a, from an offensive line standpoint of handling, can take advantage of that. Um, about with their hand placement. What they try to do, they stand straight up and try to lock on to the offensive lineman and read, find the ball, defeat the block, and go to it. Uh, if, if our offensive line fires off, stays low, good hand placement in the breast work, uh, I think they can keep them on the heels uh, for the course of the night, uh, hopefully, if that's what they come with tomorrow night. Um, now, I think they got, like I said, three solid linebackers. They're very athletic. I think uh, number one, uh, Woolard, Davion Woolard, is probably their best defensive player. He plays an outside linebacker. And about every two to three plays, uh, he's going to come off the edge. He's going to come up, line up out uh, outside the end and come off the edge trying to get to the quarterback, primarily off the left side of the offensive formation, uh, the blind side of the quarterback. So if we can take advantage of that, I like our chances with uh, Tay Meadows and Jay Haynes getting them in that second level and matching up with uh, their other linebacker, number two, Pickens, and I forget the other kid's name, but he wears number eight. Um, the other outside linebacker, I like our chances matching up with those guys. Uh, either, you know, I think Tay Meadows and Jay Haynes are physical enough, they'll run over them, or they're athletic enough, they can stick their toe in the ground and make them miss. So, um, yeah, I think that those are some matchups from my point of view, just looking at it, I think, where we can take advantage and hopefully um, uh, be successful. Uh, offensively. I believe he watched a little more tape than he is letting <laughs> yes, on to. Right. <laughs> well, I, I had, you know, the day job this week, you know, I've been busy uh, with with the day job, so I didn't get to watch as much <laughs> as I'd like, but just a few observations. Tim, can you add anything to from, from what you talked to Coach Strain about this week? Well, yeah, just from talking to him, it feels like Chris is sort of going down the right alley. I feel like the way that this Hanley team is going to attack offensively is going to be with that running game and, and some, some different matchup situations that coach is going to try to exploit. I, I just want to throw this out there, though. The focus has been sort of on the run game in the preparation for attacking uh, this Jackson defense. But I would like to see a, li a little more balance. Hanley has basically been a very balanced offense all season long with the passing game. That's sort of dropped off uh, in the playoffs outside of the 72-yard touchdown to Maurice Cameron against Geneva. Hanley just 10 of 28 for 157 yards and two interceptions with no touchdown passes in the playoffs. That's, that's all passing. So that's four different quarterbacks and one of them, you know, a four-string guy. But, but you get the idea that the passing just hasn't been there. 10 of 28 in a season when both uh, Cannon Kyles and, and Ty Fetner both during the regular season completed over 60% of their passes. So that has dropped off the table. I know Coach Strain – preaches balance it's it's something that he builds his offense around and i know he'd like to see those numbers improve in the passing game and certainly if they can establish that run against that that jackson defense help, hopefully that will help them get back in a rhythm in the passing game 
All right, we had the opportunity to talk to Coach Strain. We got a couple of couple of comments from him. Uh, first of all, we asked him, and Chris is talking about, he's already alluded to it, talking about defending against the Jackson quarterback. Well, they're, they're kind of like us in some respects. They have a lot of skilled people that are a lot, that are very athletic. You start off with a quarterback to start with. This 6'5 guy can move, and basically nobody's really got to him all year long to sack him. And uh, he's very mobile, got a very good arm. So they they kind of mirror us in how many folks they can put on the field. Not, not only is the backfield got two quality backs back there in the backfield, but their wide receivers can run as well. So they're dangerous, you know, across the whole board. If you go back and look, I, somebody told me when I had looked it up, said they had the third highest scoring offense in the state of Alabama. And, you know, if you go watch the films, you know, they're scoring about the first play every time they start a drive, and they score from a long ways out. They generally don't drive the ball down the field and score from a long ways out. So um, I think that has a lot to do with it is the type of skill folks that they got. And there you have it from Hanley Head football coach Larry Strain, you know, talking about defending the quarterbacks. Either one of you want to jump in and add to anything that, that, uh, that the man has pointed out. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that's going to be the key. You know, shut the quarterback down, uh, make him uncomfortable. Don't let him be comfortable. I think we do that. Uh, you know, then uh, we limit their opportunities as far as scoring. Uh, you know, scoring obviously because they're uh, what I watch. They're a big play. You know, they don't sustain drives and you know, eight, ten, twelve play drives. They like to score one or two, three plays and push the ball down the field. Uh, so I think if you disrupt that, force them. Uh, to get out of their comfort zone, try to run the ball. I think we match up well uh, with our defensive front seven as far as stopping the run. And if we force them to, to try to win the ball game running, uh, running the ball, I think we have the advantage there. Yeah, you want to stay out of a shootout. Like, like Coach mentioned, this is one of the highest scoring offenses in the state. Uh, Hanley hasn't shown the ability to consistently score at that level, but I think this defense may be something that they, Jackson, have not seen quite the caliber of yet. So if you can stay out of a shootout where you are just going big play for big play, I think advantage Hanley in a slower pace game. We also asked, you know, he talked about their strengths on the offense, and we asked him about counteracting. What does he do? And this is what Coach Strain had to say. Well, you know, first of all, you hope that our defense is better than what most of the folks that they've, you know, pay, played during the course of the season. Um, you know, one thing that you do is you don't want them to pick and choose both being able to run the ball and throw the ball at the same time. It's a lot easier to dial in on one particular thing if you can kind of, you know, shut one of those facets of the game down. That that helps you tremendously to what you're going to call defensively and who you're going to put in the ball game, you know, in order to, in order to try to stop it. But I, I think the key in the game itself is this. Can we stop them? Can we slow their offense? And there you have it. Can we slow their offense, Chris? What, what's your thoughts? Well, I think we can. I, I think, like we said, we you know, quick uh, not to beat a dead horse, but uh, I think we've got to make the quarterback uncomfortable, force them to to do something they don't particularly like to do. They they like to win ball games uh, on his arm, and uh, you know, not that they don't have talent elsewhere and and uh, can't run the ball, but they they don't they don't have a rusher like Tay Meadows that can rattle off two hundred yard ball games. Uh, in my opinion, uh, and so we're going to have to force them to try to win the ball game running, uh, and that goes into my opinion at this point in the season, the strength of our defense, which they've really come on. We talked about it earlier, our front seven of our defense. Uh, we leaned on the secondary early on in the season, 
but the, the front seven is really coming to their own and uh, really are, are, are great run stoppers. So we've got to force them to try to run the ball, and that plays right into the strength of our defense. Yeah, this isn't in, – in just in a big-picture sort of summary type of, of, of view here, this isn't a team that Hanley can just put the jerseys on and expect to go out and win and beat. I mean, this is a, a quality third-round opponent that deserves to be where they are. They're going to challenge Hanley in a lot of ways and vice versa. So this, I expect this to be an evenly matched game. And I hope and, – and, and what I hope to see out of Hanley is that they, they avoid some of the mistakes – that, that they've been able to get away with a little bit throughout the course of the season. If they can stay away from those, a good shot at going to the state semifinals. I already want to ask Chris what the keys to victory are. You've got to tune in tomorrow. You've got to save that one. That's right. We, you can't we give gotta, that one away. We've got to save that's we right. gotta save that one. And, I, and guys, I agree. I've watched, I've watched some film this week. And, you know, get pressure on the quarterback. And, and, and I think, you know, Hanley's key is you talk about balanced offense, uh, running the football, ball control. Uh, and the key to the ball control is scoring when you got the ball. That's right. And, and, and we've heard that. All right, let's – got to talk a little bit about uh, some of the other games, and we're not going to get really into those, but we're just going to look at the, at the brackets. And, uh, of course, Biger and American Christian uh, will face off tomorrow night at Blunt High School in Mobile. American Christian, an opponent that Hanley played last year, and Viger. Uh, they play, Hanley played American Christian in the semifinals and Biger in, in the first round. Uh, that is the other south bracket uh, matchup. Uh, two teams uh, out of the north, Madison Academy, no stranger to uh, the Hanley Tigers as well. We've already mentioned that. Uh, they take on Good Hope. And then uh, maybe somewhat of a surprise, uh, Brooks and Aniana matching up in, in, in that other game. But uh, and I, I'm going to go ahead and say this. If Hanley wins tomorrow night, we're not coming back home. Regardless, we're done. Yeah. We're, we're, we're done at home. So it's, it's either a trip to Mobile or a trip to uh, an American Christian. And, and Chris, any, or Tim, any insight on, on the brackets, uh, just kind of with your knowledge? Well, I just, you know, after talking to Coach and, and you know, from what we've observed all season long, this – what who – Whichever teams come out of the South quarterfinals, Hanley, Jackson, American Christian Viger, that's going to be a, a big-time matchup in the semifinals, whichever teams win those games. So uh, it's a team that if Hanley wins, if they go to Viger, if they go to American Christian, you kind of want to – if you had your druthers, I don't know if you would pick team-wise, but in terms of familiarity, in terms of knowing the path that you have to take, Going back to American Christian, Hanley has been there. They've won that game in that in that semifinal round. So maybe going to that that game again, uh, that opponent again may serve Hanley well if they're they're able to advance. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, it's two two heavyweight fights in that in that round on the south side for sure. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Uh, and it's not an easy road wherever you go. No. Uh, of course, no. the travel will be easier to Tuscaloosa, I would think, not as far. But uh, uh, either one of them is going to be. Uh, a tough opponent's going to be a dogfight. So, you know, uh, of course, we've got to get past tomorrow night to make it that far. But, uh, you know, uh, the fourth round, and, and teams are going to be good. I don't, you know, don't expect anything different. Tomorrow night's going to be a good football game. Yes, it is. And, uh, you know, so just look forward to that matchup. And hopefully we'll have that uh, discussion next week about where we're going, either Tuscaloosa or Mobile. But one thing for sure, we already know where we're eating one way or another. 
<laughs> Somebody chimed oh, in yeah, from Dreamland, the peanut gallery. Yeah, either location. <laughs> De- Dreamland. Whether it be the original in Tuscaloosa or Mobile. Yeah. Be four weeks in the for me. Going yeah, yeah, Matt, that's right. Matt, Matt's been to uh, Orange Beach in uh, South Alabama for, for, and, and for the past two weeks, and uh, he gets to make the trip back uh, if we go to Mobile. So uh, that's uh, that's kind of it, guys. Any any final comments uh, uh, on the uh, matchup tomorrow night, Chris? I just think it's going to be a good football game. If you like high school football, I know you got a great option that y'all going to talk about here in just a few moments, uh, Wadley and Woodland. But uh, if you're just looking for another good football matchup, uh, make the trek to Jackson. Watch the Hanley Tigers take on uh, the Aggies. It's going to be a great football game. Hanley on a school record seven-game playoff winning streak, looking to take it to eight in a row, first time ever that Hanley's been in this territory. Hopefully they can keep that hot streak going in the playoffs. Absolutely. We'll be live on the air tomorrow night at 620. We will have uh, both audio and NFHS video coverage. You can access uh, both of them through our website, the iSchoolSportsNetwork.com. If uh, you're unable to watch the video, uh, just click on uh, the Hanley audio and, uh, and listen to us as well. Uh, and if you choose the video, you, you'll be going through. Uh, we're a third-party provider for NFHS. You'll be going through the NFHS, but you can link it through our website. Uh, if you already signed up and paid uh, for the play, two, past two playoff games, you just got to log back in because it, it is $10.99 a month. So you're, you're covered for the month of uh, November as, as well. I, I will encourage you, if you're buying it for the first time, Please remember your login credentials, your email, and your password. Write them down. Uh, we do not have access to that, and I cannot help you if you call us. And I apologize for that, but like I said, we are a third-party provider for that. But listen, I, I'm going to go ahead and put this out there because uh, we're going to do what we normally do when we go down there. We're going to set up in the in the visitor stands. That That is our plan. We'll be up there on that top row. And uh, we want to hear everybody from Roanoke and all the fans that can make the trip, uh, be loud and proud and, and represent the Hanley Tigers uh, tomorrow night. Uh, the, these kids, and I'm going I'm to say this, and I told Coach Strain I was going to say it last night, these kids feed off your emotion. And you brought up the point the other day that in, in the Bibb County game, Bibb County got into it in the third quarter. There was a crucial part of that game. And they were getting their fans up. These guys on the Hanley side need to hear your voice in support and cheering and be loud. And that's what that's what I want to encourage. I want you to drown us out tomorrow night. I'll tell you what, it gets me excited too. I get a little <laughs> pumped up. And, uh, uh, you know, Brother Wes Kinsey back in the day used to run my volume down. I got so carried away <laughs> so I wouldn't run over you. And I, I've done that in the past. I did it last week and I apologize for that. But I just get in the ball game like any other fan. I, I'm a fan with a headset. That's about all I am. And, uh, I enjoy it, and I, we feed off the crowd, too, for this broadcast. Oh, yeah, I, we absolutely absolutely do, and and the other guys do, too. But uh, it, it, it kind of gives us cold chills up our spine when we get in there and the fans are standing up and, you know, we're listening to – and I'll, I'll throw out the Andalusia game back in 2016. Man, what an, at, what an atmosphere. Exactly. I want to see that tomorrow night in Jackson, Alabama. That's what I would love to see. Uh, Airtime again, 620. Uh, both audio and video. All right, guys, we're going to take a break and uh, hear from uh, Farm Boy Sports Grill. Uh, Taylor Jones and Kyle Richardson going to join us as history is going to be made on the west bank of the Tallapoosa River in Wadley, Alabama tomorrow night. We're going to tell you about that history when we come back here 
at Farm Boys Live on iSchoolSportsNetwork.com. Husqvarna has always been the know for industry-leading quality. Whether it's a chainsaw, weed eater, blower, or any other power tool, come by Meadows Farm Equipment with Dowie, Alabama, and check out our big selection. We also have Rhino and Dirt Dog Farm implements for those big jobs. Commercial and residential mowers featuring Husqvarna and Spartan for 42-inch to 72-inch cuts. Around the house or the farm, don't look any further than Meadows Farm Equipment, 85 County Road 811 in Widawi, or online at meadowsfarmequipment.com. At M.L. Aubrey, we're your one-stop shop for all things Christmas. Our Santa shack is filled with ornaments, Christmas trees, garland, and angels, and our lighted water lanterns are perfect for your little one's nightlight to welcome Santa. Our brewmate can and bottle koozies, topsy-turvy umbrellas, Bridgewater candles, and tea towels are always a great gift for that hard-to-shop-for friend. Don't forget, we're also your best source for Carhartt clothing in Georgia, Rocky, Dan Post, Muck, and Roma boots. Give us a try this holiday season and shop local. We are M.L. Aubrey, Main Street, beautiful downtown Roanoke. All right, welcome back into Farm Boys Sports Grill. Adam Slade, Tim Altort, and over on my far right, Taylor Jones. And to my left is Kyle Richardson. I think we swapped you guys around here tonight. Didn't we did. We? Yeah. yeah hey. I was having sat next to Taylor. Yeah. This is this is a different different deal for me over well, here. Well, we we had to we had to put a little bit of separation in between these two. That's guys. That's right. We got to keep in, in between these two guys tonight. <laughs> history going to be made tomorrow night in Wadley. It will mark the first time in history that these two schools. Woodland and Wadley, in their long rivalry, have met in the playoffs. And that's the third round. Mm -hmm. This is the 78th meeting between these two schools. Wadley leads the series 40-35, to 35, and there have been two ties. One of those victories came during the regular season in a region matchup. Their first ever meeting was way back before anybody in this building was born, back in 1928. Wadley comes in 11-1 overall. Woodland comes in at 5-7 in this game. The Dogs captured, uh, have captured 13 region championships, and the Cats have seven. Each team is in their quest for their first ever blue map. Now, I will say this. Both teams have won a, and I hate to use the word mythical, but that was back before the playoffs, and it was a voted on by the sports writers. Uh, that was before the playoff era, Wadley in 1960 yep. and Woodland in 1963. This sets the stage for the game. Now, I want to back up because there was some talk yesterday that, uh, that I overheard. This is the first time Woodland and Wadley have met in the playoffs. Yes. Yes. It is not the first time that two Randolph County schools have Never. ever met in the playoffs. 2012, uh, Woodland and Randolph County, it was a one-point win for the Woodland Bobcats, and Woodland went on to advance to the to the third round. So uh, I want to make sure I get that t disclaimer out there. Uh, but Taylor, gonna, really going to start with you here tonight. Uh, Woodland gets to the quarterfinals as, as the number four seed out of Region 5. Wins against Cedar Bluff in round one last week against Meek. Two tough, hard-fought football games. Let's look back at last week against Meek, and you kind of recap the game. Uh, it was a really good game. It was a very interesting atmosphere. We uh, usually try to talk to the opposing school's principal because they're usually the first ones we see at the gate. And uh, he made a really good point. He said that uh, this is the first time that Meek has hosted a playoff game since 2003. So they pulled out all the stops. They had a live DJ sitting on top of the hill with about 12 speakers. And the speakers worked very well because the uh, bleachers were rattling, the ground was rattling. He was doing his thing up there. 
Also had a beautiful fireworks display at the end of the national anthem. So they went all out. I believe the principal said it's the Winston County coal mining money that comes out <laughs> when uh, Winston County teams do well. Uh, but they did a good job. Also want to give a shout out to Coach Houston Powell and the Meek Tigers uh, for a team that's you know hasn't been to the playoffs in a while. His second year. Uh, got them to the playoffs. They didn't have a single empty seat, didn't have a single empty spot on the hill. We didn't leave any space on the hill either. I mean, it was just a great playoff atmosphere, just one of those atmospheres that uh, we really haven't seen in a Woodland playoff game in a long time. So shout out to fans of both schools for allowing that to happen. Uh, but it was a game that we knew was going to be pretty tough uh, the way that uh, the Meek defense was playing us. I believe it was called a 7-4. Mm -hmm. defense they had everybody on the line stacked up and then they had a couple of linebackers behind them two guys on the outside everybody was within five yards of the line of scrimmage so they were of course you know saying right away hey we're going to try to stop parker and uh parker he was still able to get 107 yards rushing but jackson lover having the game of his career so far completing seven of 12 passes for 190 yards uh, one long touchdown pass to uh, Tate Bradford, which ended up being the game-winning pass. Logan Barrett had a long uh, touch or long catch uh, as well. So it was just a game where Woodland, you know, again jumped out really early, lost momentum for a second, ultimately got that one back, and then pulled out with the win. So uh, the way that Woodland played is, I believe, the way that uh, we, you know, kind of expected going into the year. You have 13 seniors coming in. All of them contribute. You saw what they did last year, and all of that starting to click, and we saw that again in the meet game. It was just a great hard-fought game with Woodland making a couple more plays in the end to get the win. And, and the playoffs are all about who's hot, when you get hot. That's that's kind of kind of what it is. All right, uh, well, where'd I go here? Kyle, going <laughs> to flip it over to uh, Wanda. I got to look at my notes here. Uh, I, I'm getting way too old. Advanced to the third round, a couple of wins, Galesville. Went as expected. Yep. Last week against Hubbardville, a 28-14 to 14 victory. Uh, game was a little bit closer than maybe you thought. Yeah. Hubbardville was a little better football team than maybe folks anticipated. Well, we knew they were a good football team coming in. They were number nine in the final state rankings. We were number eight. They were number nine. And we didn't think they were going to be as physical as they ended up being, but they were a very physical team. And my hat's off to their two running backs. They had number 10 and number 21. If I could have 11 of the kids like number 21, I would take every one of them because that kid, his coach had to take him out of the game before he hurt himself because he was giving it 110%. But we kind of got caught playing with our food there early in the first quarter because the first three drives of the ball game, Hubbardville got the ball. They had an eighth grader starting at quarterback in kind of a wildcat shotgun type formation. He fumbled the ball all three drives in a row, and we got the ball at around their 20-yard line all three drives in a row. And then, as we talked about, we were trying some of that new offensive sets just to see how successful they would be. And uh, we kind of got in trouble, got some false starts out of that, didn't get as many points as we could have because it could have been 21 nothing early in the first quarter, really. But just a few things we had to kind of get right before this week. A few mental errors, mental mistakes, and we didn't execute in the passing game as well as we would have liked to. We had a two touchdown passes that should have been touchdown passes. Just put too much air under the first one to Isaac Minifield in the back right corner of the end zone. And on the next one, too much mustard to Kalen Cottle in the back left corner of the end zone. But it's just things that we're going to work on. We've worked on all this week getting ready for the game against the Bobcats of Woodland. And I remember that first game that you were talking about that was between two Randolph County teams, 
It was Randolph County and Woodland. I was at that game in Woodland. Coach Strain was the head coach for you the Bobcats. Three, right? <laughs> no, I was – let's see. I was in high school at that time. I don't remember what grade I was in. But uh, I threw him off. Yeah, I was I was at that game. Austin McGinnis missed the game-winning field goal. Austin McGinnis, who then transferred to Prattville and then went on to Kentucky and was – well, is still Kentucky's all-time leading scorer. He missed the field goal to win that ball game against the Woodland Bobcats for Randolph County. Coach Randy Sparks, my former coach, was the head coach for Randolph County at that time. So that was a barn burner of a game, and this one could be a barn burner of a game this Friday. Tim, you've talked to both coaches, kind of lump it in together. Uh, anything that you can add about last week's games for, for both of these? I, I don't know so much about last week, but maybe just sort of turning the attention forward from talking to both Coach Armstrong and Coach, Coach Motley. Uh, one thing that I noted, not so much in what they said, but how they said it was I, both of these teams are very confident going into this game. They, there's, there's a sense that both teams think that the other team doesn't know what's coming. And I think that's a very interesting dynamic for, for this game because, as we know, Wadley won the first game uh, 29 to nothing. Uh, a little bit closer than that, it was a 15 nothing game going to the fourth quarter, but it was pretty much that one-sided. It was all Wadley in that game. Uh, and I don't think Woodland thinks they, they gave Wadley their best shot. And I, on, the, on the other side of that coin, I think Wadley kind of feels the same way. Like they could have won by more in that game. So there's, there's a lot of uh, – uh, confidence simmering beneath the surface between these two teams when they when they get together again, and that's you, you, from talking to the coaches you, again. Not what they said, nothing you could quote them on, but but just the, just the vibe that they give off. They they sort of sense that both of their teams are confident coming into this game. All right, Kyle and Taylor are going to ask really both of you the, the same question. Uh, it doesn't happen very often that uh, two teams out of the same region get to match up, not to mention two teams in the same school system. Uh, and, and we've already mentioned that. But, and Kyle, I'll start with you. Uh, from each standpoint, from does it make it harder to prepare? Well, like we met with Coach Miley earlier today, both you and I did, and as, as he was talking about, you take that old film and you can watch it and see a few things from it, take a little bit from it, but then the score and everything like that, throw it out the window. Just because these are two teams that are a lot different than they were at that time earlier in the season. And Woodland has seemed to have found a little bit of a passing game with Tate Bradford here lately. And when we played them, they didn't have as much of a passing game. And as for us, we've got a bunch of offensive sets that we haven't run yet against many people. And we're going to debut a little bit. And, yeah, that's, uh, you know, kind of what Coach uh, Armstrong uh, told me today earlier, too. It's just one thing that you can look back at me like, okay, well, what could I have done better? But you also have to think of the other hand that, hey, that team that we played is also thinking the same thing. Even though they did beat you, what could we have done better in that one? And, of course, you know, Coach Armstrong, he's been around for a, for a while, uh, three different states. He's been in this situation before where he says, you know, you, you would rather be on the, on the side that didn't win the first time because you can kind of get, you know, sometimes a little overconfident. Okay, yeah, we beat them 29 nothing Should be a cakewalk. But then you start to get a little easy and, you know, they, you lose a lead. And how do you fight back as opposed to, okay, we know what we did wrong. We feel like we get this correct. Let's go out there and give it everything we have. So it's just going to be very interesting to see how both teams respond to, uh, to playing the second time. And, Tim, I go back to you. Which one of these two teams would have the most difficulty in putting together a game plan? 
I don't. I, I have a lot of confidence in both of them. I think they both know what they do well. They both know where their strengths are, uh, and I think they both know how to play up those strengths. And and, and I, I just want to bring this up. I, you know, Taylor mentioned Parker Woodham and, and what he's been able to do for Woodland, not just in the playoffs but all season. I really don't think we're giving this kid much, as much credit as as he I deserves. Agree. I, uh, I want to put some numbers on the table here and just let them let Woodland fans soak them in a little bit. For the season, 275 carries, 1,778 yards, 22 touchdowns. Great numbers for Parker Woodham so far rushing on the ground. In the playoffs, though, this is where it really gets interesting. Woodham, 67 carries, 351 yards, five of Woodland's seven touchdowns that they've scored in the two playoff games have come from the hands of Parker Woodham. And just so, I, so 67 carries, 351 yards for Woodham in the playoffs. The rest of the Woodland team on the ground, 10 carries, 32 yards. Their offense on the ground has been Parker Woodham, and he doesn't just do it on, on offense. He's no. their leading tackler. Yeah. 95 tackles on the season, 12 and a half tackles for loss. He, he, and, by, by, by the way, kicks all the extra points, 23 out of 27 yeah. on extra points for the season. This is a kid that without him, who knows where Woodland would be. Certainly no team is a one-man team, but Parker Woodham, offense, defense, special teams, he has just been invaluable for them. And, I, and they're going to build their – to answer your question, I mean, he, they're going to build their game plan around him. You know, and that's, that's, that's the way that they're going to do it, and everybody knows it's coming. And when everybody knows it's coming and you're still able to put these numbers up like, they, like Woodham has, it's a credit to that young man. I, I, I'm going to defer to Taylor because I know he wants to jump in here and, and talk a little bit about Parker. Yeah, that kind of goes back to, you know, what I said earlier about Meek running a 7-4 defense where everybody right. was within uh, five yards of the line of scrimmage. Yeah, Parker, he was able to – fight and claw for 107 yards, got a majority of those. I think he got 92 in the first half, but that opened the passing game up for Jackson Lover a little bit. He was able to dump a few off to Guy McManus. He had uh, one pass to uh, Logan Barrett, which I felt like was kind of a reward for him because he's been a excellent six blocker on the line for the Bobcats all year long. He was able to reel in a catch. Tate Bradford, of course, uh, having the having a great night, kind of being you know, turning into his go-to receiver every year. But uh, you talk about his running game as well as his tackling game. He plays both sides of the ball the exact same way. One, he's not going to give up. He's going to hunt for everything that he can. He's going to try to find space. If he doesn't see a door or a window, he's going to make one by George. And uh, defense, he does the exact same thing. He's going to run through the line. He's usually in the middle of every single tackle that's in there. So he plays hard. Uh, he's going to make his presence felt in there. And it's just uh, one of those amazing things to watch. And, again, uh, probably – you know, I've talked to you before this. I'm probably going to have to go to the leader one afternoon or probably just spend a whole day just reeling through old newspapers to see what his rushing record is because the only records I have go back to 2008. And I know a lot of Bobcat fans remember this name well. Justin Hurd yeah. went on to play linebacker for the Mighty Bears of UCA, UCA uh, University of Central Arkansas, had 1,707 yards back in 2008. And Parker's pretty close to 2,000 right now. So he's definitely had the best rushing year that we've seen in almost 15 years of Woodland. And uh, just the fact that he's able to do what he does and he's got a great supporting cast to help him out there as well is uh, something that's spectacular. Uh, you talk about those carries, 42 for 244 against Cedar Bluff. Yeah. That's, that's insane. Yeah, and he had 107 yards uh, against Meek, and the rest of the team had minus three. So yeah, there's uh, only one of the ball carries. Right. So, yeah. I mean, he's, wow. that, that tells you the, the role that he plays in that, on that team. Well, I talked to Coach Motley today. Kyle, Kyle was there too, and 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 talked to him as well. But uh, I, I asked Coach Motley, "What does it mean to play another team from Randolph County in the playoffs 
and the same county school system. And this is what Coach Motley had to say. All right, Coach Motley. First time in history that Woodland and Wadley have ever met in the playoffs. You've only been in the same region nine times. But what's more interesting is this is two teams out of the same school system, the Randolph County school system. What does that mean for, for the entire system in both programs? Well, you know, it, it means a lot for just for our communities. You know, um, it's big for our communities. It's big for our school. And it really says a lot for our region, you know, for our, our football region. Um, you know, Woodland – Woodland came into this thing four C, you know, and and they they fought and scraped and and um, you know here they are, ended up in the third round, you know, and um, you know we ended up number one, and you know and you, you know you take these schools like like around here, especially small schools like us, you know, we're up and down, up and down, you know, we have sometimes sometimes Woodland's got the athletes, sometimes Wadley's got the athletes, sometimes they both have have athletes. Um, you know, and that's just that's just what you expect out of little small schools. It really everywhere you go. Um, so, but it's it's big for our communities. Um, you know, it's kind of a it gives people something to talk about, gives some, people something to do. Um, you know, we're expecting a pretty large crowd, and uh, you know, it's exciting for not not only our community, but you know, I, I, there's a bunch of people from Horseshoe Bend gonna be here, a bunch of people from Ramber. Uh, I've already called me and talked to me and. You know, they just want to. They want to come see, you know, a third round football game. That's that's uh, that all these teams around here have played. You know, because Horseshoe Bend they play Woodland and stuff. And, uh, you know, Rammer does the same thing. So, you know, and 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 they kind of they can come see and watch and kind of see how they really lined up. You know, if they made it in the playoffs. You know, so it, it's just big for our community. It's good for our communities. Um, it's hot. We're we're expecting a large crowd, and and I hope it is. I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. All right. All right, Kyle. He talked about a great atmosphere, and and, and it was. This is great for Randolph County. Hmm. What are your thoughts? Well, like he said, he's he's been receiving calls from people from Chambers Academy, Ramburn, Horseshoe Bend, all kind of places around here, Clay Central as well. All of these people said they want to come see a third round football game, and a lot of these teams have a mutual opponent in both of us, Wadley and Woodland. And we're expecting about 1,500 people to be at the game tomorrow night, and that's probably a low number on the scale of how much we're going to see tomorrow. I know the owner of this place said he has to be there about 4 o'clock to get the grills fired up and get ready to go, and that still might not be enough time for him to get ready to go. <laughs> Just to put that in perspective, the population of Wadley is about 800 people, so the yeah. town's about to double in size tomorrow night. Yeah, in one spot it's going to double in size. Yeah, but it's, it's going to be a big game, and – Going back to some things that we were talking about, Coach Motley and this team are not resting on their laurels of the 29 nothing win earlier in the season. As It was 8 to nothing at halftime, we know, but we did not execute how we wanted to. Coach Motley very, very upset with how that game was played. And he has had this date circled on the calendar, whether Woodland made it here or not. He was wanting to make up for the mistakes that we made in that first game against Woodland. Albeit we won twenty nine to nothing, but we did not play near to the level that he would want to play at. Well, there you have it. I also talked to Coach Motley and asked him another question: What are the advantages and disadvantages from a coaching perspective about playing the same team twice? And this is what he had to say. Well, you know, it, it means a lot for just for our communities. You know, um, it's big for our communities. It's big for our school, and it really says a lot for our region. You know, for our, our football region. Um, you know, Woodland, 
Woodland came into this thing four C, you know, and and they they fought and scraped and and uh, you know here they are, ended up in the third round, you know, and you know we ended up number one, and you take these schools like like around here, especially small schools like us, you know, we're up and down, up and down, you know, we have sometimes. Sometimes Woodland's got the athletes. Sometimes Wallace's got the athletes. Sometimes they both have have athletes. You know, and that's just that's just what you expect out of little small schools. It really everywhere you go, but it's it's big for our communities. Um, you know, it's kind of a gives people something to talk about, gives people something to do. Um, you know, we're expecting a pretty large crowd. You know, and that was ironically the same clip from, from, from the very beginning they got labeled wrong and, and, and I'll, I'll take the credit for that but uh, you know he he talked about uh, the advantages and disadvantages of playing uh, the same team twice in in one season and Kyle already touched on it he said you know you take the film and you look at it and then you just kind of throw it out and you kind of know what what you what what to expect you guys have already called it both teams know what to expect mm-hmm. tomorrow night this is not uh Madison Academy going to Viger uh, right. to play, you know, tomorrow night. These two teams are very familiar with each other. They, and the kids are close. You know, they these kids know each other. And uh, they talk back and forth. And that's kind of, the, you know, the message that Coach Motley, t- you know, talked about was uh, it, you throw the score out because, guess what, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, there's goose eggs up on the scoreboard, double zeros up there. Yep, you got to start like it's zero zero once again. And the thing that – upsets us still is that we've been pulling for Woodland these past few weeks. We've been pulling for Woodland <laughs> to do well, and now we can't pull for them because we got to play against them. That's just two county teams, two region opponents, and we know how good that Parker Woodham is, and Parker Woodham is a phenomenal athlete. It doesn't matter what the record says for Woodland. Parker is a really phenomenal athlete. I know not many teams were able to hold him for under 100 yards this year, but I know one of them was us. The only one. Yeah, the only, only time that Parker Woodham did not run for 100 yards was against Wadley earlier this season. And I don't know if we can do that again, but we're going to try. Uh, there's one thing for sure. Both teams are going to show up tomorrow night. Both That's of them right. are going, going to be ready to play. Uh, and, Kyle, staying with you, having already beaten Woodland this year, what do you expect from the game plan from Wadley tomorrow night? He's throwing the kitchen sink at him tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a lot of tools in the kitchen that he hadn't he hadn't gone to yet. May may not have had to use a ladle every now and then, but we might be going to it tomorrow. And he wants he wants to dominate tomorrow night. He wants to leave no doubt about who will be the winner and who is the better team. He he's not resting on the last time we played Woodland, which we won twenty nine to nothing. But like I said earlier, he was not satisfied with how that game went, kind of like Saban he's all over the team about how that game went, wasn't happy about it. Said we're a whole lot better team than what we performed as and we're gonna get their best shot, we know that, but we're gonna take some shots as well. And Taylor from Coach Armstrong's standpoint, and without giving scouting reports, but what do you look for that, that you've seen? What is the Woodland philosophy tomorrow night? Same. <laughs> exactly. It's really all I can say. There's not a thing that I would say different from what Kyle said. I mean, you know, uh, beginning of the year, Coach Armstrong will tell you uh, the probably the healthiest we were in the first six weeks of the year was against Fayetteville. We come out, we've got all these seniors, we think everything's going to go well, Fable sneaks up and beats us. Uh, 
either a combination of COVID or quarantine got us in that Randolph County game, Ragland game, a couple of injuries mixed in there as well. Uh, things didn't really start, you know, as far as like the team as we know it, didn't really start getting to go until uh, that, uh, see who was it, TCC, uh, TCC and Victory Christian game. Uh, came out a little flat against uh, Horseshoe Bend. But I think if the, the level that Woodland is playing at right now, one, that's kind of what we thought we would see from Woodland at the beginning of the year. That's what's happening right now. Second of all, we play at the level that we've been playing right now. Woodland's probably a six or seven win team. And it's just, you know, kind of mm-hmm. one of those things. But as they say, you know, you get into the playoffs, everybody's 0-0, and uh, you just got to give it your best shot every single week. All right, you talked to Coach Armstrong, got a couple of clips from him. Lead us into the first clip. Uh, first clip is uh, going to be, you know, what you asked Coach Motley about, just about what it means to uh, get a second shot at a team that you've played before early in the year. Well, being on both sides of the fence on that, um, sometimes the team that's playing for the second time gets a little overconfident because they beat them one time already, and, and they beat us pretty good. We had a pretty close first half. But on the other side of the coin, as a, as a coach coaching against the team that does that, that's what you're hoping for. But it doesn't always work out that way. I think it, with a really good, solid football team that's playoff caliber, championship caliber like they are, and I feel like we are, I don't think it enters as much into it, um, in particular since we're county rivals and these guys know each other and play against each other in every sport. They know each other. So it's, uh, you know, you might overlook somebody a little bit, but I don't think it'll be that big of a difference. I think the difference here is just going to be, like usual, who makes the most mistakes, uh, who misses the most tackles, all, who turns the ball over the most, those kinds of things that don't have as much success. But... You know, we struggled a little bit just because we had some injuries here and there. We, I think we pretty much got everybody just about back on board. We're maybe a couple that were short. But as a whole, I think we're in good health, been great spirits, had great practices. I think it'll be a great. All right, Tyler, elaborate a little bit on Coach Armstrong's comments. Yeah, it just kind of goes back to what I was saying, too. It just seems like we've got a little bit more confidence now that we've beaten a uh, number one uh, seeded team and then went into a meek team that has, you know, probably one of the better meek teams that anybody has seen in quite a while. And, uh, you know, we're running the football well. Everybody's blocking well. We're throwing the football well. Everything seems to be clicking. The community seems to be back behind this team so far. And it's a, it's a feeling, you know, you, you, you hate to say it this way, but it's a feeling that these guys really aren't used to having because, you know, after Coach Strain left, uh, there was, you know, one great year under Randy Boyd, and things kind of went downhill. Coach Armstrong, uh, not only Blair, but Jason and Tyson. Uh, Coach Reed Barron's come back, Coach Jonathan Burge, and then, of course, Coach Lane Gay, the GOAT. I've uh, been around for 25 years, and he was a Woodland Bobcat even before that. Have done a really good job of giving these kids confidence, and it's really gotten the community involved in them too. So it's just one of those things that, you know, things are different here. We're feeling pretty good. Let's see what we can do against a team like Wiley that we know and respect. All right. You uh, asked Coach Armstrong another question. Lead us into that. We'll hear his comments on that one. All right. So, as you guys know, I'm a big numbers guy. I find a number. I try to, you know, okay, well, this is the last time this happened mm-hmm. or because this happened, this, you know, usually happens. All right. So, here's something for you here, which I know is probably going to be surprising but also not really surprising. There is only one team left in the state of Alabama that's still playing in the playoffs with a sub-500 record. Mm-hmm. That's the Bobcats. Yep. There are only two teams in the entire state of Alabama, all classifications, that are a four seed that are still playing. That's us and the mighty Gardendale Rockets. Shout out to the Rockets. Yeah, let's go Rockets. <laughs> We've got family that lives in Gardendale, hey, so I actually right. for Gardendale. Yeah, let's go. But 
Uh, you know, so when you hear something like that, of course, Woodland fans know the team. They know the guys that are playing. They've, you know, grown with the team all year. Uh, you know, maybe a couple of Wadley and Randolph County fans kind of understand that too. But, you know, maybe like a, like a Hanley fan that's, you know, we're not used to playing these teams. We don't really look at them as much. Uh, even, you know, teams from around – or, you know, teams from, with fans from around the state that are just interested in high school football are looking at that going, how in the world are they still here? So I asked Coach Armstrong, I said, Coach, someone from across the state asked you, hey, here's what's going on right now. Here's where you've got them. What's going on? I asked him what he would say, and this is what he said. The region teams that you win is what puts you there in the playoffs to start with, and then you got to win those games. So you never know what path you're going to take. Sometimes the, the first seed path is easy. It tends to be a lot of times, but it doesn't always work out that way. And you never know how you're going to play on a given night. So it's hard to predict things just based on the seed that you are. I, one of the state championship in other states with it being a fourth seed, so it's not the only time I've ever done it. But it's the kids that, that make the difference. They're the ones that step up to the plate, and, and we've come together. Uh, they've got great spirit, great camaraderie, great practices the last several weeks. And so I'm, I'm real excited to see how far we can go. Uh. It's, it's just a number in front of a name. It is. It, 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 doesn't, it, is. it doesn't really yeah. matter because we've all hit on the point. Everybody that makes it, you're all zero and zero, and it's do or die, win or lose. Tim, comments on uh, Coach Armstrong's. Well, yeah, one thing that he said to me, sort of going back to the to the first clip too, and something that, that Kyle started to touch on is just sort of the outside of the, the three hours that the teams will be on the field on Friday night, there's this camaraderie, uh, this, this sort of family atmosphere uh, among members of this county, com uh, citizens of this county. And it's something that Coach Armstrong recognizes as somebody who's not from here. He's, he's, he's somebody that came to this county from the outside. He spent his career elsewhere. And he said something to me. He said, listen, it's not like this everywhere. And, of course, the rivalry is going to be intense. And there's going to be some trash talk. And there's going to be some, some things that are said. But, but in, the, in a bigger picture, like Kyle said, they've been rooting for Woodland all, all season. Uh, you know, you go to a volleyball tournament, which I went to a couple weeks ago. The Wadley volleyball team is sitting in the stands rooting for the Woodland volleyball team when they're not playing. So you have that, that element of, of camaraderie among the, the, the citizens of Randolph County, and it's not like that everywhere, and I, I think it's something that, that, uh, that we should be very proud of. I, I wholeheartedly agree. All right, guys, looking at um, the brackets, and we're going to look at the 1A brackets real quick. Uh, first of all, as uh, we continue, and then we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back and just let you guys – just kind of have your, your final thoughts and comments on, on the game. But uh, I'm going to say this. If Woodland defeats Wadley tomorrow night, Woodland will play at home, guaranteed. Finally. In, yeah, in, finally, finally, finally. Finally in it. A Wadley victory tomorrow night, they're going to go on the road. They're going to play Decatur Heritage or Pickens, Pickens County. Correct. Uh, Taylor, I mean, Kyle, go ahead. Your thoughts on that Pickens County Decatur Heritage game. You know, we were hoping that maybe the other side of our region, other than, you know, everybody in Randolph County would pull through, but maybe it's just us in Woodland that can get the job done every now and then. But we were hoping Winterboro and Raglan could get it done. Raglan was actually up 19 to nothing on Decatur Heritage, but then Braden Kyle happened. The 6'2", 225-pound quarterback scored 11 touchdowns, broke a state record, had over 300 yards rushing and over 200 yards passing, 11 total touchdowns, eight on the ground, Three in the air. 
And they ended up winning that game 70-56, to 56, I think, was the final of that game with them and Raglan. And that was in Raglan. And we played against Braden Kyle, the same Class 1A back of the year. Played him last year in round one. And that's what got it all started. And that's why when you ask Coach Mother today who he would like to play, he would like to play Decatur Heritage because we think that's where it all started. So let's turn the turntable around, go back up there, and finish the job this time. Or we could go to Reform Alabama and play the Tornadoes of Pickens County. I don't know if we've ever played Pickens County before. But either way, we're on the road because we get the good old Bobcats at home this week. And speaking about Coach Armstrong, in the words of Bear Bryant, Coach Armstrong ain't never been nothing but a winner. <laughs> That's true. You look at his resume. Yeah, it's true. In I, Florida, Georgia, he would go somewhere at a school that one of them, I think, the school in Georgia was not even didn't even have a program. Yeah, the uh, yeah Peachtree Ridge. They had just built a school over Gwinnett yeah. County, mm-hmm. and he would go to a losing school. He'd be like playing NCAA fourteen. He builds up the school, and in two years, he wins a state championship. He's like, all right, what's my next venture? And now he's wound up at Woodland. And once you get in the playoffs, everybody's Zero and zero, as he always says. And it's a new season. You never know what could happen. And Woodland finds himself in the third round. Your comments and thoughts on on the uh, Decatur Heritage Pickens County game. All right, so I'll start off a prediction with our game. Our game is going to be over in about an hour and a half. (laughs) I could see that, yeah. The Pickens County Decatur Heritage game will probably find out about Uh 8 a.m. Saturday morning. (laughs) Yep. Uh, And and whoever – wins the Wadley Woodland game, whoever wins the Pickens County Decatur Heritage game is just going to be an absolute dogfight and a shootout. Uh, looking forward to seeing that. But, you know, as, as we've said before, you know, Woodland Wadley, we are a northern team te- or northern teams technically, but we play south ball. We're going to uh, run hard, going to hit you in the mouth. Uh, Meek, a team that we played last week, kind of the exact same way. Uh, so it's just going to be a, uh, a, a hard-hitting game, I believe. Uh, probably be one of those where if you if you're not sore after playing that game and you yep. didn't do something right, uh, every guy's going to be laying their hearts out on the line. Everybody wants to win for not only themselves but for the community and for the school, and it's just going to be uh, probably one of the most electric atmospheres that we've seen in playoff football in quite some time. And there's just really nothing better than small school ball here in uh, nope. the state of Alabama. And I'm looking forward to uh, watching or being at the game tomorrow. No matter what happens, I know it's going to be just absolutely insane, insane and uh, just going to be a fun playoff atmosphere. I'm trying to figure out who's going to win the SEC East because if you look at 1A South, that is the SEC West. <laughs> it is a gauntlet down there. As Maplesville plays Sweetwater this week and Brantley plays Keith. And the Brantley-Sweetwater, I think, will play next week, and that game will be incredible. Yeah, um, you know. Hopefully, I won't have the option to go down there next week. <laughs> yeah. But that's uh, definitely a game that uh, a lot of people will have circled in their calendar, too, for uh, I know Crenshaw County and uh, Marengo County, all those counties. A lot of those guys are uh, going to be out there watching that game, too. And it's just it's just fun once you get to the third round. I mean, it's fun all the way around, but it really starts getting fun around round three. Yeah. Tim, your thoughts uh, on, on the 1A brackets, what's left? Well, I'm just looking forward to tomorrow night. I, to, just like Taylor said – you know, I've been doing this for a long time, and I can honestly say there are very few football games where I sit around during the week just, just looking at my watch, waiting for Friday to roll around. This is one of them. Woodland versus Wadley, third round of the playoffs, big crowd. I don't care what's going on anywhere else on the state tomorrow night because this is the center of the universe for me, mm-hmm. and I can't wait to get out there on Friday night, uh, tomorrow night, and see these two teams go at it one more time. 
a 12-mile road trip. That's right. A 12-mile road trip. All the way from Roanoke. What, what is it, 23 miles or something I like that? I believe so. Some, mm-hmm. Somewhere in that neighborhood. So, so, But basically, uh, playing at home. Basically, playing at home is, is what you got. All right, we're going to step aside. We're going to come back and wrap it up right after this. If you love watching listening to the game on iSchool Sports Network, you'll love reading about it in the Randolph Leader and on therandolphleader.com. All the big plays from the big games, the game-changing moments, and the players that made them happen. Daily updates on therandolphleader.com keep you up to speed all week long. Find stats, photos, stories, and complete coverage online and in our weekly print edition every Wednesday. Full-scale coverage of every local high school plus Southern Union Athletics with online subscriptions for as low as $26 per year. So check it out after the game, the Randolph Leader and therandolphleader.com. Main Street Animal Hospital in Roanoke, a small animal hospital providing vaccinations, wellness exams, digital radiology, an on-site pharmacy and lab, dental cleanings, and specified surgical procedures. We take care of your babies as our own. The fur-friendly staff is here to provide the best care possible. Drop-off service is available. Visit our website at MainStreetAH.com or download our app, Main Street Animal Hospital. Phone number 334-863-7111. Located at 307 Main Street, Roanoke, Alabama. W.M. Grocery, with four locations serving East Alabama. A full deli open seven days a week. Be sure to download the W.M. Grocery app from the App Store or Google Play. Download and save today with the W.M. Grocery app, where the deals of the week are included. Make your shopping list and earn points for even more savings. Every Tuesday is Senior Day, featuring 10% off for seniors. Watch out for Monday Madness and Friday Flash. Make shopping easy at W.M. Grocery, located in Heflin, Piedmont, Roanoke, and Medowie, Alabama. Ray Bucks Farm Supply, getting you ready for the fall. Three different kinds of plot mixes in stock. For you hunters, we have game and trail cameras. Also, buck muscle. Don't forget our farm-raised beef from our farm. Ray Bucks has commodity blend cattle feed. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram for all of our specials. Look for our Ray Bucks sign on Highway 48 in Woodland. Let Ray Bucks Farm Supply get you ready for the fall. Ray Bucks Farm Supply in Woodland. All right, back here at Farm Boys Sports Grill as uh, we uh, wrap up our uh, football roundup show on this uh, Thursday night. And I want to go ahead and say this. Uh, we t- kind of talked about it. Uh, uh, one way or another, we know we're going to have one team out, out of this county that will be advancing. Uh, hopefully, hopefully there will be two teams, uh, and that's the most that we can possibly have. But uh, we will have a show next week. Just stay tuned. We'll announce uh, when, what night we're going to do that. Uh, Bill has graciously uh, opened up Farm Boys for us to come down here and eat Thanksgiving dinner tomorrow night or next Thursday night, and we might we could do it then. But uh, we'll, we're just going to kind of plan and see. But we will be we will have another show uh, definitely. Hope, hopefully, we're going to have a couple of more shows and a couple yeah. of shows uh, so. from Birmingham is is really what I'm I'm looking at. But uh, folks, if you're not fired up uh, about Wadley Woodland or Hanley. Jackson, uh, we didn't do our job tonight because I know these two guys on the end of the table are, are are excited. Tim and I had to sit in here and kind of hold them apart with our elbows and everything. But, <laughs> but Tim, I'm going to go to you first because I don't ever go to you first. Uh, your final comments about uh, the, the games t- tomorrow night. Yeah, like you said, I, hopefully we have two teams that are playing in the state semifinals. If there was some way to make it three, we you know we'd wish for that. But mm-hmm. but obviously one team's going to be done tomorrow night for sure. One team's going to be advancing, and one team we don't know. So hopefully hopefully two of those three will will get the best case scenario, and and we'll see uh, have a lot to talk about about state semifinals. Kyle, yeah, just ready for the game tomorrow night, playing against the Bobcats of Woodland. Good to have it at Curtis Lynch Memorial Field. This will be our last home game of the season. And uh, we're looking to end it on a bang, end it on a 
high note with a win over the Woodland Bobcats. And Taylor. Yeah, I'm looking forward to tomorrow night's game. The one thing I feel like will be key for the Bobcats will be uh, can they attack early like they have in the last uh, couple of games? And do they keep momentum, or if they don't keep momentum, how do they respond? If they do that, then I like our chances. Uh, but I'm just – I've been kind of getting excited about this since uh, last Friday about 10 o'clock. I mm-hmm. knew who we were going to play. Everybody in the stands asked me, hey, yeah. did Wadley win? Did Wadley win? Did Wadley win? I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And I think everybody in Woodland mm-hmm. uh, was ready for that too. So it's just going to be a fun atmosphere. Uh, look forward to being at the stadium uh, for uh, giving you the broadcast. And I know Kyle is too. And uh, if you can't be out there, I hate it, but uh, we're going to have live coverage. And I know both broadcasts are going to have a lot of fun doing that as well. And uh, glad we can come out here for another week. Yep. And I called it, guys. I, and I said it on the air at the Hanley game. I said that we, got to, we got the rematch. I said, and I'm telling everybody I called it because I, I had that feeling that, mm-hmm. it, that it was going to mm-hmm. happen. Uh, I'm not calling anything <laughs> for tomorrow night. Tim and, I, for the Jackson Tim and I sit in neutral corner here, and uh, and uh, I'll call the Hanley-Jackson game tomorrow night uh, from uh, Jackson, Alabama. You guys both be on the air uh, at 6.20 p.m. Uh, Kyle, and, the, and for those just wondering about the NFHS video, yep. the video tomorrow night will be on the Wadley side. So right. you will, if you purchase the video, you're going to hear Kyle and Craig on that. Taylor will have the, the Woodland audio uh, as well as starting. And are you starting a little bit early tomorrow night? Uh, yes, I'm actually going to replay this very conversation that we're having okay. right now, yep. and then we're going to go into everything as normal. So depending on how long this is, it might, about, might be about 6 o'clock before we get started. Okay. So, and, uh, but uh, Kyle, Kyle and the video will be on the audio for the Wadley side will be on at 620. Once again, you go to the iSchoolSportsNetwork.com. If you want to purchase the video, you can click the Wadley video link. It'll direct you directly to NFHS, and you can uh, send your credit card payment. If, if you already paid, if you already signed up for it, you're good to go because yeah. you get a you get a month, so you're good to go there. Uh, and uh, we just invite you to uh, tune in and uh, I, and like I said a while ago, we thrive on people in the stands and the emotion yeah, yeah. and the adrenaline. And I know. I, there's no doubt in my mind that's going to be a packed stadium, so it's going to be very loud on the West Bank. Yeah, and I know Don Strength is uh, out there watching us right now. The way the Woodland crowd was last week, that's why you could barely hear me call that Tate Bradford yeah. touchdown because <laughs> I fed off the energy. I had to talk over the crowd, which was very hard to do. But, uh, you know, I'm sure Kyle would agree. I'm sure Adam would agree. I'm sure Jerry and uh, Jerry would agree, too, that, you know, when we're in the crowd – with our fans, we feel the same electricity that you do, and we hopefully are uh, giving you a good product as well as a as a result of that. And if you're a Woodland fan and you watch the game on NFHS, but you don't want to listen to us, there's a mute button. You can mute us and listen to Taylor <laughs> over on High School Sports Network. I, I will that warn you. That is an option. I will warn you. There I'm just going to go delay. ahead and throw a disclaimer out there. There is a delay, yep. and if you don't believe me, You've already mentioned us, it, Doctor Don. Yeah, uh, because he he pointed that out. And yeah, I've, I've had a had a few people. Uh, we were at the Cedar Bluff game a couple of weeks ago, and they had their camera, but they were wanting to listen to me. They were finally like, I I yeah. can't keep up because it seems like y'all are so far so ahead. Far, so yeah. Uh, yeah, just be aware of that too. Yep. There there you go, Timmy. Any final comment? Let's do it. Tim's good to go. We got to pack up, uh, and uh, we're, we're like I said, we're leaving. We got the long road trip. Uh, tomorrow, so we're leaving early to head to uh, Jackson and uh, watch the Hanley Tigers tomorrow night. The Wadley Bulldogs and the Woodland Bobcats tee it off at seven o'clock at Curtis Lynch Memorial Field. That's going to do it here from Farm Boys Sports Grill uh, for the entire gang. I'm Adam Slay, uh, wishing you uh, safe travels tomorrow and uh, good luck to both of you guys and your teams 
tonight's broadcast powered by the Nose Group, uh, brought to you by Southern Union State Community College, Farm Boys Sports Grill, Meadows Farm Equipment, ML Aubrey's, WM Grocery, Main Street Animal Hospital, Raybuck's Farm Supply, and the Randolph Leader. Thank you for listening and watching, folks. Good night. <laughs>